Welcome to Destination Leadership, the podcast for people interested in diving into the worlds of inspiring leaders to learn from them. I'm your host, Katrin Grunwald, founder of The Globe Team, organizational development consultant, and coach for first-time leaders. Welcome to the seventh episode of Destination Leadership. Today is a very special episode, as this time it's not a leader who was recommended to me to share their leadership experience, but I've invited a communications expert who works with a lot of leaders and will share her recommendations, especially for first-time leaders, on the topic of communication. My guest today is Katja Schleicher, whom I met at a conference many years ago. Katja has been working in TV productions, advertising, PR, corporate communications, and has been running her own company for 15 years, working at a pan-European level. We will talk about her recommendation, answering questions such as what to have in mind before starting a leadership position, how to introduce yourself to your team through storytelling, how to later on prepare for a town hall meeting, and very interestingly, when to use feminine and when to use masculine communication patterns. And of course, what does this actually mean? Hello and welcome to Destination Leadership. I am here today with Katja Schleicher. Welcome Katja to the podcast. Hi there. <laughs> and we are sitting in a special location in Munich because, as some of you might know, um, every January there is a DLD conference in Munich. And um, I'm meeting Katja on a kind of side event to the DLD conference. So it's a great place, lots of exchanges, very inspiring people. And I have the opportunity to welcome Katja. And I would like to give the stage to you to introduce yourself uh, to the listeners. Hello, everybody who is listening to Kaplan's podcast. Um, my, my expertise lies in accompanying people in every communicational matter you can think of. Uh, it, it seems to that communication matters are an evergreen. It's not very fashionable, but you know, it's something that comes back in all leadership aspects from the first day and even before until your retirement. And it seems to be, at least in my experience, one of the aspects that never, never kind of goes out of style and always seems to have the same problems. People do not understand me, do not listen. Um, I, can get my, I can get myself hurt. Um, this is not my stage or this is the wrong stage or all, all that. So words and what they, what they mean and how people understand it seem to be, especially when it comes down to leadership, a very important thing. And there's a second reason for that, because what got you there won't keep you there. This is already a common knowledge in, in, in leadership. And in, 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 my, in, in what I'm doing as a communication trainer, coach, as a speaker, as a speaker uh, about communication on all stages, on all stages uh, all over Europe, uh, we, we try to we try to establish that that rapport with leaders to first of all to make them more self-confident about who they are, and secondly to make them less confident to think that everybody is believing in what they say. So these two things are a big gap. On one side, you have this huge alpha male uh, um, 
uh, trust in yourself. This is what we preach as well. So you have to trust yourself or oh, well, put yourself out there. And on the other hand, we do not provide with the right tools to do that, right? So in, within, within that range, um, this is my working field and my working experience. Yeah. It's really great to have you here on this very special episode because as a communication expert ranging really, I've met you at a conference many years ago where you are a keynote speaker, but I know that you also do media training. So just before we dive into exactly what you mentioned, what, what got people there might not keep them there in yeah. leadership position when it comes to communication, just to give a glimpse of your background like you've been working in communications right yeah. and have been freelance for a long time yes yes i'm running my own company for, for, for oh god nearly <laughs> 15 years now and before that indeed my background is purely comms may it be tv production may it be advertising may it be corporate communications or pr or spin doctoring and every time and everything was done on a pan-european or worldwide um level and If you would ask my mom, she would probably say, oh my God, you have done that all your life. So I, I'm being mommy's good kid. I studied as well communication, so I'm a trained uh, psychologist and linguist. And uh, I studied English and I, I studied German. So yes, comms is basically the ocean I'm I feel most comfortable in. Cool. So let's bring in your comms experience um, supporting first-time leaders, which is a large group I, I work with. And I'd like to um, go kind of chronologically. So before starting a leadership position, what is it, what recommendations do you have for people who would like to lead one day and how could they prepare themselves from a communications point of view? By starting very early, asking yourself, is that really what you want to do? Or is that something that is part of the belief systems of the society or your family? So, because when we think about career, and I think this is a paradigm change, leadership and career planning doesn't go up the ladder all the time and only, but it's broadening. So being a good person, being a successful, uh, successful in your area of expertise does not necessarily have to include leadership. So the first question I would ask myself is, is it really that I want to lead? Mm, or is it someone else's view maybe of what success exactly. might look like? It may be, you know, maybe in my, my, the, my favorite place in my career is amongst all my spreadsheets. And that's all right. So this is, to me, the first question, and yeah, genuinely, and that is a, pre, a kind of precondition, you have to like people. Absolutely. That's yeah. what I always, when people ask me, like, what does it take to be a good leader? Yeah. I say, okay, there should be an interest in wanting to yes. communicate, wanting to interact with yes. people. So because people, in the end, it's, it's who, who do, who, who drive what you maybe think of. So this is a precondition and you have to be very, it should start very early with that. Do I really want that? I mean, there's a million other career opportunities. Yeah, and then you should talk about why, why and what is it you like in, in working with people. It can be everything. But that thought work is before you start even communicating that you want to have a leadership position, that you raise your hand if there is one in your company or in another company. 
So raising your hand, that would be then, I guess, taking it to the next step once you figure it out. Yes, it's something I'm interested in. I want to learn more. I want to raise my hand, maybe start off with a project management uh, position, taking over that responsibility. When it comes to preparing for the communication for day one, I'm taking over my team. What are other things from a communication perspective that you think people should look out for? Most importantly that you start uh, by thinking in 360 degree or even even in atmospherical things and not in in one-way streets anymore. Yeah, so when you, you, you probably plan what you're going to wear at your first day at in the office, which is fine. And uh, you probably know that you have to talk to your future boss and all that. But there is things that happen between the sheets that are more importantly. Um, why do I want to talk to that person first? Who is second? Uh, am I running my own agenda that day or is my agenda been set for me? How can I influence that already before I come on board? There is nothing better than call people that are going to be on my team or are going to be of, of whatever partnership with me. Could be my could be the accountant or the legal person in the company. Um, call them the, even the week before you start and say like, hi, um, you know, I'm Katja, I'm starting with next week and when would be a good time to have lunch? Already, I already say, don't go full Monty all the time. So start with voice uh, or start with an email and after that, be there. This is something that is highly underestimated. We think, okay, Monday will be enough and then we go from there. But the tiny, subtle things whom to talk and in which, which portions I announce myself, I consider more important than, than we think. Mm -hmm. And then you already kind of have a certain rapport because you can go to that accountant or that legal person and say, hey, uh, we, I'm the one. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah, we all have email. lunch today. Or, and this, is, this gives you so much more security on the first mm -hmm. three or four days. The first week is just about being nice and survive. Well, being nice and survive. And also it's your opportunity to make a first impression. Yeah. So it's about positioning yourself, yeah. sharing your story. And I know you're very big on, on storytelling. So what kind of suggestions do you have from your expertise for first time leaders on, on the point of storytelling? That you have one. You know, because if there is no story, there is no story to tell. So, and this is something you can prepare. What is really, wh what is the, this part of you you want to share with people? And this is not the bullet points in your CV. Oh, I've been working there and you know, but it's put yourself out there, not in, in totality, but with something you really like to share. It's like, this is important to me. This is going to define me in this position for the next couple of months or years. And this is what I would like to offer you as a present, offer your story as a present and lay it out in front of them and wait what comes back. If you just tell the story to tell the story and then you leave, now you're missing 50% of the beauty of a story, right? But make the story the beginning of a dialogue or a multi-logue and make sure that what you have to say is really genuinely a part of you. And when you now think of, oh, I have no story to tell, you know, I'm straightforward, 
think twice or think third time or call me um, <laughs> because we all have enough stories to tell and to share because we're human beings yeah. and we are wired for stories and that makes us that makes it so so easy for us what are recommendations you give people to prepare is it just sit down think about certain things that have shaped you or what kind of prompts could you give also people who are preparing for their first a leadership position to prepare about their story that they want to share with their team and, and listen to see what comes back. What you said right now is a, is a very important point. What shaped you? What made you the person you are right now? With all the bruises, you know, with all the beauty, uh, that does not matter. This is one part. Sometimes it's hard to write down or to share. Um, I recommend here getting help from friends and a little wine. <laughs> that's really a nice Saturday night discussion. That's one part. And then the second part that makes it easier to tell your own stories is have a look and observe yourself what kind of stories you like you to listen to. What are the stories that capture your attention uh, on TV, on the news, or in, in a book, or in, I don't know where, in a, in a podcast, right? And then kind of have a look what is resonating. Why is it in particular, that story. What that, did that person do, uh, putting themselves out, travel the world, uh, failing, what, all these kind of stories. And then see, why is that resonating? And when you find out why this is resonating, that already will give you 50% of your story because you can already say, hmm, that was the same with me when I was 15, 18, 20, or when my first boss told me this or that. So, and from there, it is probably easier to find an entry into your story path. Yeah, really cool uh, suggestion, very practical. Very, it, it certainly is a practical thing. Yeah, absolutely. It's not very theoretical, right? Yeah. Maybe you find role model, maybe you, you think like, oh my God, I, I, I'm, I was so impressed by the story of whomever because of whatever. And the more precise you are, the more you go down to that, the more you learn, oh, this is resonating with me because of, this makes me laugh or cry or being in awe. So and the more you, you listen to yourself, why it's resonating, the more it's easier to put it into words. Now for the wording, there was one thing, don't make it complicated. Good stories are always easy and they have easy words. So that will mean even if you're changing the language, if you're not speaking in your mother tongue, even better. Because then additionally, you will use easy words. If it's complicated, it's not going to work anyway. That's, yeah, I, I'm just thinking back to, to an example, because it comes back to your point of um, connecting or seeing in the past what has resonated with mm -hmm. you as a story. And that's similar to what I share in, in when I work with first-time leaders as a coach to see what resonated with you in a kind of leadership style and leadership values. What have you seen in your past other people behave? And then kind of take that on, how can I live that with my behaviors? It, maybe, you know, stories have role models, leaders have role models. Even if they are negative, by Abs the way. Yeah, negative is well, just yeah. the other side of positive. Yeah, so yeah. if you know, that, okay, everything but this is fine because it kind of shapes and defines you a little bit better. Nothing is worse than vague. Vague is not helping mm -hmm. anybody. The more concrete you can put your finger on it, the more plastic, the more colorful it is for yourself, then it's going to be easier to understand and to reshare with others because that's what it's all about. 
you're the new boss or you're the new team lead, you come in and imagine the story you share. Now, how big are the chances that that story is reshared and retold by the end of the first day or the end of the first week before your meeting? That this is, this is the, the parameter of success. Are people talking about you in a way you, you put it in your story or do they not? Because then you can achieve congruency and that will save you a lot of energy and time. Yeah, really setting the foundation yep. when it comes to the communication. Absolutely, yes. Let's continue making it so concrete and let's move on. Imagine people then, they got take over the leadership of the first team, they grow, might take over larger teams. That means also larger communication challenges possibly. Um, and one that um, I'm thinking of particularly is a kind of town hall meeting uh, or in general speaking with larger audiences, interaction with larger audience than your, just your direct team. What are your very concrete recommendations on how to prepare for that? scenario in the preparation for that town hall let's let's stick to a yep. town hall meeting just there for the sake of the of the exercise the, in, in the preparation for the town hall meeting i i highly recommend to listen to listen actively to people in talks and to listen passively to how do people talk to each other genuinely you know a coffee machine lunch what is the general tone? What's the tone of voice? How agitated are people? How relaxed? And then to tune in to that. Interesting. So it's kind of, sorry to interrupt, mm -hmm. but I was just thinking it's a kind of tuning into, through listening to the tone of conversations, also tuning into the culture, what yeah, is happening in the company. Exactly, because culture in the end is expresses itself always and mostly with behavior in public spaces, right? So what do we say to thank each other? What do we say to welcome somebody? It, it doesn't matter. You, can, you can, put every, uh, could, can put in every example you want. So that is for the preparation important. Then the second for the preparation is um, ask yourself what is as well the practical or the, 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 um, the, the cognitive thing you really want to get across and what's the empathic thing? So emotions and thoughts, they have to, they have to be partnered here. Mm -hmm. So, and that's a very easy thing you can do to do that because if you, if you prep in written, on the left-hand side of your sheet, write what do you want to say? And on the right-hand side, you make a, how do I want to say that? And then you write down everything and then you try to prep. Do I make a pause? Am I loud? Am I, all very, very concrete things. Another thing I'd, I'd, like to, uh, I'd like to advise to people who, who prepare for that, what kind of music do you hear in the background? Give your talk, give your first town hall talk, give it a background music. An imaginary and one. Even, bring even it, if it's real. Bring it. Maybe it's the jingle that's going to define you in the company. Is it Highway to Hell from ACDC? Oh, goodness, right? please, no. I, it, could, it could be. Or is it, uh, is it, I don't know, the Four Seasons from Vivaldi? But there, there should be music in your head. Because music helps, helps you to tune in to what you heard and what you want to say. Yeah. Now, these two things already are going to shape a great deal. Listen to everybody, 
proactively and listen passively as well to get to turn. Now, once you're there, once the moment has come, um, be as short and as precise as possible. Don't make an elaborate story about what brought you there. But take them on the journey, what they are going to experience with you as a boss. What is it? Because everybody comes there with expectations. And say, oh, we have a new boss and she's wearing glasses or she's doing this or that. And she comes from this or that. So this is an important, this is an important one. Meet their expectations and be as concrete as possible. And then there is a crucial thing, two, two crucial things. Make sure that the person who is announcing you at this meeting, who's emceeing you on stage, says the right things. So prep, make prep, a preparation with talk that to that person. If it's maybe it is your boss, yeah, right? Yeah, to so boss's boss, exactly. And then you have to make sure that the your boss, the boss's boss of your people, says the right things. That you are not hit by surprise. That it's not going to be awkward, and that the boss doesn't make it about himself. Yeah, that's an important thing. That's something um, when working with first-time leaders, I call it framing. Yeah. So to see how, what kind of frame is shaped, how are you introduced to Absolutely. an audience, to a system? Absolutely. I make you one example of, of, of from my own career. I was, I, I, I came to a new advertising agencies really, really more than 20 years back, and I had no clue that the the, the person who hired me was announcing me coming there already f two months before. And he was making a big fuss out of that, like, yeah, biggest of all times. So, I, I mean, I had already bricks on my shoulders without even knowing that. So I came there the first day, had no clue that he was been talking about me constantly for the last two months. And you can imagine that my colleagues, not even my, my bosses, my colleagues were not, very, they were not very enthusiastic of me being there. And I had no clue. And I, I had, it took me two weeks to figure out why that happened. So do not make that mistake. Check the surroundings. Talk to your boss. What is it? What, do you, what did you yeah. tell the people? Why am I coming? Yeah, what do the others know about me yes, already? Yes, exactly. How did you introduce me? And then there is a third thing. Um, make sure in that first town hall meeting that you can book short-term successes. That might sound completely strange. But in communication, it's very important because that is something people can target you on. Something, I don't know, it, I'm, I'm making yeah, that up. Any kind of quick win. Yes. You need a quick win within the first two weeks. Within the first two weeks, ladies and gentlemen, I promise you that we are going to have an, the website up and running, um, whatever something it is. Something visible. Yes. So because this is, you meet the expectations there. And in two weeks' time, you can prep for your next meeting. So I promised you two weeks ago that we are going to have this and it's working. Yeah. Very specific. I know that one of the topics that you are also an expert in is the topic of gender communication, yeah. male-female communication. And let's skip to the last question, because <laughs> I think it, your answer might shape in there. And it's the one I always ask uh, my guests, and it's an imaginary one. So imagine you have the magical power for one day to make sure, sure that leaders around the world show a specific leadership behavior. What would that be? Indeed, it is the uh, I would I would present everybody with the full power 
of as well feminine communication patterns and masculine communication patterns. And it means, um, just as an example, um, the more masculine communication patterns speaks in, in an I form, me. Feminine is more a we. To be successful in leadership communication, as we very often do not know, but we have any both. We need to know when. We, know, we need to know when is the proper situation to talk about we and when about the I. The feminine communication pattern is asking questions. The masculine communication pattern is much more giving directions. Now, a good leader needs both. In the beginning, it's probably more the feminine way of, okay, what's the problem? What do we need to do? What do we already have? So running in circles and asking everybody. But in the end, if that is not coupled with the ability in the end to say, okay, and this is how we do it, this is what everybody needs to do, and here we go. Now then, leadership is only 50%, but we need 100% leadership communication, right? Let me make, it, let me make a, a third, give me, let me give you a third example. Um, there is, in, in masculine communication patterns, it's much more about competition, the winning, right? And in the feminine communication pattern, it's much more about the Olympic thought. Oh, yeah, everybody, exactly, yeah. and everybody's playing along. Now, in the business world, and might that be complicated as it is, in the business world, in the end, there needs to be results at the boardroom table. So although the, um, the percentage shifts more towards an, 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 an Olympic, uh, you know, all doing this together, but in the end of the day, there needs to be a result, and you need to be able to communicate that. But if you're only able to communicate that and say, oh, guys, this is, the, this is the goal, end of story, now you will not have the buy-in for your teams. So if he could, and if he could teach everybody and make everybody live up to as well feminine as masculine communication patterns in leadership communication combined with authentic stories, I think we will have a very good leadership generation. Thank you so much, dear Katya, for all your insights and your very specific examples. This was Destination Leadership, the podcast with inspiring leaders. I'm curious to hear what is it from this interview that you take away that has inspired you? Write to me via Instagram, Twitter, or get in touch via LinkedIn, all under my name, Katrin Grunwald. Also, if you have any feedbacks on the podcast or suggestions of leaders that have left a positive mark on you and you'd like others around the world to hear this inspiration too. I look forward to welcoming you again on the next episode of Destination Leadership.